the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Love First Christian Center. It's time for Dr. Jomo Cousins on Fresh Wind Radio. My story. You don't know where God brought me from. You don't know what God has brought me through. So what you can talk all you want, but I know what God has done for me. Look at it. Say, neighbor, you may not know my story, but I know my story. I know what God has done for me. I know God's a way maker. I know for myself. We hope you're excited to hear God's word today on Fresh Wind Radio. We've got some incredible opportunities lined up for you later on in the broadcast to support this radio ministry. But for now, let's get straight to the word with Dr. Jomo Cousins. God is doing something Why did she do what she did? Now, this is my opinion. She's in the room, okay? So she's in the room, and she looks at the round. Okay, so first off, Simon the leper is in the room. This brother had leprosy. He don't have leprosy no more. Then I look right next to me, my brother Lazarus. He was dead. Graveyard dead. Three years, three days dead. His body stinketh now. He dead. So now... I see the leper and Lazarus. Both are impossible situations. Because at that time, leprosy is not curable. So now I have an incurable disease, brother, on one side who has no disease. And I got a dead man on the other side that ain't dead. So when you come into the room and you see two miracles... Okay, let me say it another way. If God can give you one person back in your life, just one, what would you offer? She had cried, my brother, my brother. And now she's sitting at the table with the brother she cried for. In the house of a leper that no longer has leprosy. So when she brings her offering, she's thinking to herself, I'm a sinner. I shouldn't even be in this room. And all I got that's valuable to me is this. And I don't have to worry about more because the same God, the man, the same God that raised a dead man is the same God in the room. The same God that cured leprosy is in the room. So if God can do that, what could he do with this? So now her perspective, see, we don't see it that way. So he's like, well, that's a waste. No, no, no. From her perspective, this is my reasonable service for what God has done for me. The Bible also calls her a sinner. And when she thinks where God has brought her from and what God has brought her through to even be in the same room. (laughs) He says this. But there were some 
who were indignantly remarked to one another, why has this perfume been wasted? There's always going to be people talking, chirping, because see, they don't know your story. Don't know where you've been from. Don't know what you've been through. So on the outside, we could talk about this or that, but you don't know my story. You don't know where God's brought me from. You don't know what God has brought me through. So what, you can talk all you want, but I know what God has done for me. Look at it. Say, neighbor, you may not know my story, but I know my story. I know what God has done for me. I know God's a way maker. I know for myself. He says, why? Was it wasted? Verse 5, verse 5. For the perfume might have been sold for more than 300 denarii, a laborer's wages for almost a year, and the money given to the poor, and they scolded her. Imagine you finally get up the faith to make a sacrifice, and you have people telling you why you're wasting. It happened. I've given a lot of things away. And people said, why would you do that? I was in Orlando after we moved Phoenix. We moved from Phoenix. And God, we, we had a lady, her son, uh, he was a, a quadriplegic. He was renting, they were renting our house in Phoenix. And God pressed, on, pressed upon me to help her with the house. She's living in our house. God says, help her. I said, Lord, I don't want to. The home, this is uh, 2000, the home appraised for 360. God says, give her the down payment and the closing costs. Everyone say flesh. Flesh is selfish. He says, give it to her. We went to the closing table. The mortgage title people called me. Said, uh, Joe Mo Cousins, we just want to know, do you have any other homes you want to give away? Because this is not normal. I said, get off the phone, heathen. I don't want to talk to you. Because see, my flat. Because what happens, God will always ask you for things that are close to your heart. But I tell you today, y'all, by letting that go, God opened a door. We, 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 listen, y'all, when God opened that door, because see, God always gives it back to you in like kind. The home we live in now sat empty for four years, empty. And the funny thing is that home was built when we started this church and sat empty waiting the Bible said he'll give you houses. <laughs> Was sitting there waiting empty. And they put a half a million dollars down on the house. They only owed 300 on it. My mortgage is the same as it was in Panther Trace. You reap. But when I first did it, I was like, I don't want it. And God said, son, I have things prepared for you, 
And when I'm asking you to let this go is because I have something in my hand that's way better than what you see. So if you can just trust me with this, I know it seems like the biggest you've ever given. But let me tell you, on the other side, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has the heart of man what God has in store. I said, I knew it was God. My mortgage is the same, and then the shower head was like right here. I said, see, this has to be God. Because, see, most shower heads hit me right here in the chest. You know where you got to duck? And Is there anything too hard for God? If you don't put a limit on God, God won't put a limit on you. <laughs> and people said, you going to give the house away? I said, listen, I... God told me to do it. It didn't make sense. But now on the other side, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, to God be the glory. But Jesus said to her, listen, y'all, they scolded her. Imagine taking your W-2 and giving it away. A year's income. That's a huge sacrifice. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her and causing trouble? She has done a good and a beautiful thing to me. For you will always have the poor with you, and whenever you wish to do something good for them, you can do it. She has done what she could. She has done, listen, there is things you could do, but you don't do. Your time, your talent, your treasure. He says, this was the most valuable thing to her, and that's what she's going to work with. Believers, work with what you got. Whatever your level you're on, work with what you got. Be faithful right where you are. Trust him. Verse 9. Here it is, y'all. Read this, church. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whenever the good news regarding salvation is proclaimed throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Give them something to talk about. Every time the gospel is spoken, they're going to talk about this lady who laid it down for him. Then I thought about a brother in, in Luke 19, Zacchaeus. It says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man called Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, the superintendent to whom others reported, and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, but he could not see because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead. Everyone said, run ahead. If you're behind, you got to run faster. Sometimes to see Jesus, you got to get uncomfortable. Sometimes to see Jesus, you got to be undignified. Because see, rich folk don't climb trees. And he climbed up into a sycamore tree. I would climb on this, but I'm not going to do that. Y'all know the old Jomo would have done that. The new Jomo is more refined. <laughs> for, <laughs> for he was about to pass through. When Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. For today I must stay at your house. Verse 6, Zacchaeus hurried down and came down and welcomed Jesus with joy. When people saw it, they all began to what? Give them something to talk about. They always going to talk. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a notorious sinner. Verse 8, Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, See, Lord, and we'll say now, I'm giving half of my possessions to the poor. 
no one who has a true encounter with God can remain the same. You're listening to Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Dr. Cousins will be back in just a moment with more fresh perspective from God's never-changing word. In the meantime, we wanted to let you know that you can hear our current series and many others by logging on to our website at freshwindradio.com. For your gift today of any amount, Dr. Cousins would love to send you his current teaching series entitled How to Hear God. This nine-part series unlocks the secrets to experiencing God's voice in fresh new ways, and it can be yours today. Simply log on to our website at freshwindradio.com and click the Donate tab. All of us at Freshwind want to thank you for continuing to give to this listener-supported radio broadcast. Hey, did you know you can join Dr. Jomo Cousins each weekday morning for 20 minutes of prayer to start your day? That's right. Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. Eastern, Dr. Jomo hosts a prayer conference call. It's a great way to begin your day in communication with the Father. The number to call in is 712-432-0075. Again, the number is 712-432-0075. You simply enter the access code 101-804. Again, the access code is 101-804. For more information or to leave a prayer request for Dr. Jomo to pray over, please visit our website at freshwindradio.com. And now, let's get back to the Word. Because, see, you will understand that this life we have is temporary. My eternal home is in heaven. I'm just passing through. So when I get the revelation, see, the kid said, wait a second. Oh, let me, let, me, let me straighten some stuff out. Look what he says here. <laughs> if I've cheated anybody, I'll pay them back four times what I took. Everyone say, get right. <laughs> That's what he said right there. <laughs> now I know. I want it what? Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to his household. Not to his house, his household, because he too is a son of Abraham. What do you mean? Matthew 6, 21 says, where your treasure is, is where your heart is. So when God saw him do that, he said, okay, now, now you got it. Now you got it. Because see, when, when those temporal things don't matter to you no more, now you got it. Not saying God doesn't want you to have things, but let's, let's not have things have us. You can have stuff, but just hold it with loose hands. In case God says, you know what, can you help them with that? Mm-hmm. Then I thought about Elijah and Elisha. So Elijah departed. This is Luke 19, Luke 19, 19. So Elijah departed from there and found Elijah, the son of Shaphat. While he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen before him, he with his 12, Elijah went over to him and threw his mantle, the coat on him. The mantle was the authority, the anointing on him. All right. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my mother and father goodbye. Then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back for what have I done to stop you? Okay. So he's trying to say, listen, this is not what you want. Okay. 
Verse 21. So Elijah left him and went back. Then he took a pair of his oxen and sacrificed them, boiled their meat with implements of the oxen as fuel, and gave the meat to the people, and they ate. Understand, your ox, that's your livelihood, y'all. Okay, let me say another way. Uh, that's your car. This is your business. You just don't sacrifice your business and have a buffet so everyone could eat. Look what he says. Then he stood and followed Elijah and served him. Okay, okay. Pastor, give me another one. Jesus. He goes to the disciples and says, hey, y'all, hey, y'all caught any fish? Simon replied, Master, we worked all night to the point of exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets. But at your word, I will do as you say and lower the nets again. Uh, they had been fishing all night, caught nothing. Jesus says, why don't you try one more time? They said, but, but, but I'm a professional fisherman. This is what I do. But, 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 okay. You're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. I know how to catch fish. And Jesus is saying, obviously, you don't know how to catch fish because you ain't got none. So what would it hurt to try one more time? The premise here is working without faith is not going to get you there because, see, they already worked. Working didn't get them there. Working got them to nothing. Not saying not to work. I'm saying faith and works. Now you start to do something. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Their nets were to the point of breaking. Now they tried it in their own strength. Now they're doing it God's way. <laughs> so they signaled their partners. When God hits you with overflow, it's just not enough for you. Everybody around you is going to feel it when God hits you with what he got for you. He said, so they signaled their partners in, in other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats with fish so that the boats began to sink. Come on, man. Press down. Shaking together. And he'll give you so to the boats are sinking. <laughs> but when Simon Peter saw this, he fell to the ground because he said, you know what? I didn't even know who you were because what you did right here, a normal human being can't do. I just understood who you really are. See, see, Jesus is like, now let me introduce myself. Because see, sometimes God has to reintroduce himself to you because sometimes your vision or mentality of God is so small. So God says, wait up, homeboy, let me introduce myself. Every now and then in the hospital, God has let me introduce myself. Every now and then on the job, God says, let me introduce myself. I'm a healer. I'm a rainmaker. I'm a air giver. I'm the great I am. Let me reintroduce myself because see, you must not know who I am, because if you really know who I am, let me reintroduce myself to who I am. So after he introduced himself, Simon fell to the floor and says, I didn't know. 
Because no normal. Remember, the best time to fish is at night. You don't catch that much fish in the daytime. So everything they thought was impossible, he made it possible. <laughs> he just said, just throw it on that side. I'm going to command the fish to get in your net. Go away from me, for I am not sinful. Psalm says, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. Verse 9. <laughs> for he and all his companions were completely astounded at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zedebi, who were partners with Simon Peter. Jesus said to Simon, have no fear. From now on, you'll be catching men. Now, these are the first disciples. Now, quick, quick teaching. Why would Jesus choose fishermen as the first disciples? Let me help you. Number one, Holy Spirit, give it to me so I don't mess this up. Number one, fishermen believe there's fish. You don't go fishing without first believing there got to be some fish in the water. Number two, fishermen are used to rejection. Because there's going to be sometimes you go out, gas the boat up, got bait, and you're just feeding fish. You catch absolutely nothing. But that one day where you caught all the fish and you tell your friend, I caught a 12-inch, then the next friend, 24-inch, then the next friend, 36-inch, then before you know, I caught a marlin. You lying dog. Anyway. Fishermen are used to rejection, but they keep on fishing. So God says, I got to get some people who can keep on telling people about Jesus and not get worried when people say, I don't believe you. I don't know. No, I'm going to get some fishermen. I'm going to get some people who will believe there's fish, whether they catch or don't catch, they're going to keep on casting. And eventually, I'm going to catch something. Being a soul winner is not for the faint at heart. You'll get a lot of rejection. A lot of people call you crazy. So for me, I just try to walk it out. Just be consistent every day. I'm not going to sell you on my words. I'm going to sell you on my life. Your life speaks much louder than your words. Your actions speak much louder than your words. So wherever I am, I'm just trying to be the Jesus in that spot. Be the hands of Jesus. Be the mouthpiece of Jesus. I've learned I can't save anybody, but I can walk in a manner that they want to be saved. Hear me. You can't save anybody because you're not the Savior. But you can walk in a manner that people say, you know what? There's something different about him. <laughs> you can walk in a manner that people say, you know what? I see something different. Now, look what happened, y'all. Verse 11. After that, they brought their boats to the land and left everything. Because, see, once you see God show up, you've been fishing with your own strength for your whole life. And in one day, he shows up. You say, you know what? I don't need a rod and reel. Forget that. 
Jesus, just say the word. I don't need no bait. Jesus, just. Your perspective totally changes. So when people say, Jomo, when did you start giving big? I said, when I really started to see his hand in my life. I said, you know what, Lord? You've never failed me. You've always been there. And most of the time when I'm down, it wasn't you. It was my bad decision. Truth be told, when I really made some dumb mistakes, that was me. I didn't ask God. That was all me. I'm going to do it. And then I'm on my knees. Lord, get me out. Please, Lord. Please. Anybody have that prayer? I won't do it again. You've been listening to Fresh Wind with Dr. Jomo Cousins, Senior Pastor of Love First Christian Center in Tampa, Florida. If you've been blessed by the word today, you can pick up a copy of today's message or any of our other great teaching series by simply visiting our website at freshwindradio.com. All of us at Fresh Wind want to thank you for listening and for your continued support to this radio ministry. If you'd like to support Fresh Wind Radio, you can do so by visiting our website at freshwindradio.com and simply clicking the Donate tab. Thanks again for supporting. We'll see you next time on Fresh Wind Radio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.